Greetings from Quail Lakes Baptist Church in Stockton, California. Thank you for your interest in our downloadable messages. Our more recent teachings, such as Pastor Mark's current sermon series, are always available on iTunes. However, for a more comprehensive offering of Quail's Bible-based teachings from Pastor Mark and others, we offer an extensive archive of downloadable sermon MP3s on our website, as well as information on our fellowship and our ministries. Please visit us online at www.qlbc.org. These messages are also available on CD or cassette. For more information, please call our church office at 209-951-7380. We trust you will be blessed and edified by what you are about to hear. Thank you for listening. Take your Bible, please, and turn to Genesis chapter 12. That's where we are today. God with us is our Advent series. That's our theme throughout these weeks of December. And today, God with us brings hope. Here's the key concept this morning. Hope is a whisper that says things will get better. Hope is a whisper. Things will get better. Let me tell you a true story about John Aldrich and Anthony Sosinski while you're finding Genesis chapter 12. These two gentlemen are fishermen. They fish off of, uh, in the waters off Long Island in the Atlantic Ocean. And one night while they were out uh, on the ocean, Anthony was sleeping below decks when John was working on the deck of that fishing boat. Somehow he got tangled up in the equipment or something and John fell overboard. This was in the, in the night. It was pitch dark when this happened, and the boat was on autopilot, so it just continued on. And Anthony, below decks, never heard the shouts of his friend who went overboard. In a split second, John was all by himself in the waters, in the expanse of the Atlantic, as far as the eye could see, nothing but ocean, no life vest, treading water in the dark. How long can you tread water? As John quieted his thoughts from the panic that he originally had, he remembered that his boots were buoyant. So one by one, he took a a boot off and he quickly drained the water out of it and kind of brought it down quickly to create an air bubble. He did that with each of his two boots and he put them underneath his arms to to kind of act like a little floating device, something like a, a child might use in a pool. And as he felt there the pressure against his arms there, he, he experienced the whisper of hope saying, maybe my boots will float. Four hours later, Anthony woke up. He couldn't find John anywhere on the boat. He saw the gear was, that John was working on there on the, on the boat. And, he, and, he, and once again, hope came as a whisper to his mind saying, maybe I can figure out where he went over if I determine what he was doing. He kind of had a general area in mind and he, as he sent in the May Day message to the Coast Guard where, he might have, where, where John might have gone over. And once again, hope whispered, maybe they'll find him. Nine hours later, After having tread water for 13 hours, John saw a helicopter in the distance. And Hope whispered, maybe they're coming for me. 
And it wasn't long after that that a diver jumped in right next to him, wrapped a line around him, and they were both lifted to safety. Hope is a whisper. Things will get better. And when we begin Advent, we begin a season of hope, hoping that things will get better. As we said, Advent means arrival. In this weeks before, Christ, before Christmas, we anticipate and we long for, once again, a celebration of the greatest hope of all. A Savior has come to us. For the believer, this weeks going up to Christmas ought to be much different than the experience of the non-believer. For the believer in Jesus Christ, while the world picks up in its frenzy, we are meant to step back from that. We are meant to focus our thoughts and our heart on God's love for us in this season and not get caught up in all of the, the panic and the frenzy of the days. In Advent, we hear that whisper of hope. Things will get better because God will come to us. And today I want you to, to show you where the promise of that hope is first established. It's in Genesis chapter 12 with a man named Abram, who later is called Abraham. You follow along with me as I read Genesis 12, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Promise to Abraham. That's the start of Genesis chapter 12. And it's a good thing that it starts off with such positive words because up through chapter 11, you have to wonder where is the hope going to come from for people like this, for people who would sin even while they're in the paradise of the Garden of Eden, for people so poisoned with envy that they would kill their own brother. Where's the hope for people who become so evil that God decides to totally obliterate the race and the flood and only through His mercy saves some? And even after that experience, the people who in their pride rebel against God and build the Tower of Babel as a monument to themselves, where's the hope for that kind of people? And then chapter 12 begins. In chapter 12, the, the focus of the Bible comes down to one man, who's called Abram. Later, he'll be named Abraham. I'm going to refer to him for the rest of the message as Abraham. We know him best by that name. And we learn that hope comes not from human effort, not from human culture. You're never going to uh, have ultimate hope from education or even religion. Hope comes from the promises of God. And Abraham receives the promise of God. Abraham's story is a story about listening to the call of God. It's a story about giving up the idea that I'm in charge, giving up on the thought that somehow I can make everything happen my way according to my timetable with my details. And it's a story about recognizing that there is a God in heaven who is sovereign, who I am to obey. Leave your father's household. Leave where you live. Go to the land that I'm going to show you. Terah was Abraham's father, and Terah had located the family from Ur of the Chaldees to a place called Haran. Haran was 
a commercial center, a, a city of trade. It's located on the main, main trade route of the day that you could travel to avoid going through the desert. And the reason Tira went there was simply a business move. He was in the business of trade, and that was good for business. And so the whole family relocated there. And when God says to Abraham, leave your father's household, he's asking him to leave a household that was steeped in idolatry. The culture of Ur, the culture of Haran, was a culture of idolatry. But Abraham was called out of idolatry and given the power to rise above it because there was embedded in the promise the whisper of hope, you are not trapped by your family's history. Things can be different for you. That ability to rise above what you may perceive as your destiny, what you may perceive as your DNA, it's open to all of us as well through Jesus Christ. What's in your family's history? Maybe it's abuse or divorce or addictions. Maybe it's prideful rebellion against the things of God. Maybe there's even criminal behavior in your family's history. You are not trapped to that destiny. You are not tied to that. If you come to Christ as your personal Savior, you're part of a new family. God calls you out of that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is greater than your genes or the examples that you saw growing up. You can rise above. Hope is a whisper. And God's call to Abraham is filled with promises. I wonder if you caught how many promises are embedded in those few verses I read. There's seven of them. I will make you into a great nation. That's the first one, even though Sarah was barren at that time. Number two, I will bless you. There's a general statement of hope. Number three, I will make your name great. You're going to be famous. Number four, you will be a blessing, a general statement. You're going to do good things. Number five, I will bless those who bless you. Number six, I will curse those who curse you. You're going to be protected by me, Abraham. And number seven, all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham, you're being called out of the routine of your life, out of business as usual. But what you're being called to is promise and blessing. The promise seems unlikely by human standards, sure. But it's God's promise. Put yourself in Abraham's place. Understand that when this comes, he's 75. 75 years old. And you want me to start all over again in a new city, in a new place? 75 years old, you're telling me we're going to have a family. I haven't had children yet. And not only am I going to have a family, I'm going to be the father of a nation of people. 75 years old, and you have great things for me still, and I'm going to bless the world somehow. And God says, yes, listen. For the whisper of hope. God says to us, believe that there is grace out there. Live your life connected to the promises of God, the connected to promises that are in the future. There are future experiences of His mercy and His blessing. But they come when we abandon what is cheap and flimsy and false in the empty systems of the world, just like Abraham had to abandon the history of idolatry in his family. But when he stepped out in faith, he didn't step out to nothing. And when you step out in faith, you don't step out into an abyss. What you do is you step into the arms of God. That's what Abraham is experiencing. And the arms of God enfold around us, giving us blessing. Even hope 
Even though hope might just be a whisper, it's still there. Seven promises, and it's that seventh promise that we focus on in Advent. All the people will be blessed through you. You see, that sentence, that promise, is God's big picture view. That's God's big plan. Ultimately, Abraham's offspring will become the family that will become the nation that will incubate the Savior for the entire world. That's the story of the Bible. That's God's big picture story. God the Father is pointing here to the coming of God the Son. And Abraham's promise is where it all starts. You're going to be the source. Your family will be the source of this blessing. And it will not just be the blessing for the chosen people, the nation, but this Messiah is for everybody. That's what the Apostle Paul knew and wrote about when he wrote to the Galatians. He says it this way in Galatians 3, Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who believe will be saved by trusting that God of Abraham is true to his word and he sends the one true Messiah. From now on, this covenant, this promise is the arrangement that is the backdrop for the rest of the Bible. God has chosen his people and he will ask much of his chosen people and he will bless them much. He will be grieved by them from time to time and will punish them, but will always call them back because of this promise he made to this one man. The hope of the world will come through you. Now, the reality is, this is not the first time we've heard that whisper of hope. It was present way back in the very beginning, in the first moment when sin entered the human experience. And God comes and he pronounces the curse on the ground and the curse on the human beings and, and he speaks to the Satan that represents, I mean, to serpent that represents Satan. And he talks about someone that he calls the offspring of a woman. And he says this, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Again, it's that whisper of a titanic struggle that's going to come, a struggle between Satan and God himself a struggle in which Satan will inflict pain, but he will not be victorious. And there, that, that vague hint gets a little more specific here in, in, in Genesis 12. That hint made in the garden gets a little bit more pointed. Now as to Abraham, the sa Savior will come from your seed. And I'm calling you out. The call will require faith because God doesn't explain all the details. He doesn't even tell Abraham where he's going. Go to the place that I will show you. Sounds kind of vague. No coordinates, no map, no GPS, nothing like that. The call is simply, I want you to get moving. I want you to be on your way. I want you to go. Abraham did not know the place, but he knew the promise, and he trusted the promise. Abraham did not understand all of the steps, but he understood the next step, right? Go. Take your family, leave your father's household, take your belongings, and go to the place I'm going to show you. I believe that's important 
because you don't know all the steps of your life. You don't know all the places that God's going to take you. You don't know all the experiences that he will uh, usher you through. But you do know the next step. As God shows you the next step of faith, that's the step he's asking you to take. As God opens to your eyes the next thing that you need to do in this journey with Jesus, that's the step he wants you to take. You connect to the promises of God by taking the next step of faith that's right in front of you. And if you ask the Holy Spirit, he will show you what that next step is. But for many of us, we already know what it is. It is deal with that habit. It is be in the Word more. It is forgive your brother or your sister or your parents. It is honor God with your finance. Maybe it's undo that crooked, uh, that crooked business deal that's just around the corner. Don't go there. Maybe it's stop running. Turn to Jesus in faith. Be willing to break your pride and turn to him in repentance. Do the next thing. That's the message that carries the whisper of hope. Don't wait for everything to be clear. Stop trying to figure out all the angles. Simply believe the truth that Abraham came to know. What? There is a sovereign God in heaven to whom we are accountable. And when the Lord says, go, take that next step, that's the call on our lives. And Abraham did it. That's just what he did. He followed the call. He didn't do it perfectly. His life was not a beautiful glide up into glory. Just like us, it was ups and downs, failures, trials, but always bathed in faith because hope came as a whisper. In this season of Advent, we have a responsibility. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and that responsibility is to be the agents of hope, to share the hope. I remember a story that comes from 2 Kings. It's, a, it's the time in Israel's history where the nation was divided. The northern kingdom was called Israel or Samaria after the capital city. The, the southern half of the nation was called Judah. And in this particular period of time, the city of Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom, was besieged by the king of Aram and his forces. This, this is a kingdom that roughly is equivalent to uh, what we call Syria today, okay? He came with his armies and he encircled the city he put a siege around it and nothing could go in and out to the point where famine set into that city to such a degree that people were willing to be turned into cannibals simply to survive. And the story is about two lepers who are in the midst of this tragedy and they decide it's better for us to go and surrender to the Arameans. I mean, maybe they're going to kill us, but they'd kill us anyway. We're going to die of starvation anyway, and if they don't kill us, they'll feed us. Sure, we'll be slaves, but at least we'll have food. And these two lepers sneak out at night, and they go down to the, the, the camp of the, of the Arameans. And when they get to the camp, they find the camp totally empty. The army had fled over the night, and the backstory is this. In the night, God caused them to think that they heard the sound of a huge army of horses and chariots amassing around them, and so in panic, they fled. 
2 Kings 7 picks up the story. It says this, the men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. And then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. You see, they had what everybody else needed, and they knew they had it. And keeping it to themselves, they said, this is not right. It's a sin for us not to tell the good news. We have, believer in Jesus, you have everything the world needs. We have the abundance, the blessing, the blessing of God's grace and mercy. And it is sinful for us to stuff more and more of it towards ourselves and not to share. This Advent is a time of sharing the hope. And that is why in this season, we're working to structure events and give you tools so that you can spread the message to do something specific, to take a missionary journey. And what I mean by that is the missionary journey across the street or to your neighbors, to invite them to come hear the message of Christmas, to introduce them to the Savior that you know and to connect them to church. That's next Sunday, Connect to Church Sunday, bringing people so that we can spread the message to them and then really get, get to know them as community members in the Lord. And then the very next weekend, pointing to the Christmas musical where this is another win event where the gospel will be presented and so that hearts can be changed. But all of that happens only as we recognize we are agents of hope in the Advent season and beyond. God brings us hope. In Romans chapter 15, Paul writes these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm asking you to do this Advent season. Let your hope overflow. If you know Christ as personal Savior, don't keep it to yourself. Let hope overflow to someone else so that they can meet the source of true hope Jesus Christ, you can do it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times that we are timid. Forgive us for the moments when, like those lepers, we are so happy that we have found the abundance that we don't share it. Lord, we pray that we would be your agents behind enemy lines, doing the work that you call us to do. And Lord, we pray that through our efforts, that you might touch lives, that you might change hearts, that there might be a harvest of souls simply because we were willing to let our hope overflow. Help that to happen, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, I want to remind you that we have prayer counselors next to the table by the organ. They will pray for you and with you with regarding any issue that you're facing and maybe to say yes to Jesus for the first time. They're ready to do that. Uh, you slip forward. But first, we're going to all stand and pray together. And before we pray, we're going to sing a song. It's a song that you know. It goes like this. 
Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Once again, together. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us through that song that this is a season of adoration. It's really about us loving you back because you first loved us. Thank you, Lord, for the chance to do that. Dismiss us with your blessing. Use us in ways that give you glory, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming.